Okay, okay. No, no. Okay, let's clap. One, two, three. Maybe now, okay, we'll have to change the way we do things, but that's okay. Did we do it, Adam? That was good. It felt nice. It felt Um, right. Uh, okay, hello and welcome to the Spooky Succubus cast for another edition. Uh, this week we're going in the Wayback Machine to 1994, which feels like yesterday, but was actually like 30 years ago. Yeah, I was a toddler, so, wow. This was Rebecca's first words were, list hat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is the Spooky Succubus cast, an anti-racist, anti-capitalist, intersectional feminist movie. Pro-Kirsten Dunst. Pro-Kirsten Dunst, always. Kind of anti-every-man in this movie. (laughs) I was just like, kiss, kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Yeah, I was just like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And they got so, their faces get so close close. I just feel like... Like, I'm a very, like, thirsty person, and I was, like, thirsty for someone to fuck, and there was zero fucking in this movie, uh, but there were a lot of almost kisses and just homoerotic scenes of men doing things. You guessed it. We're talking about Interview with the Vampire, which apparently mm-hmm. the entire title is Interview with the Vampire, <laughs> colon, The Vampire Chronicles. Never. I... <laughs> Was watching it and I was like, what the fuck? I have never, I've seen this movie 25 times at least. Never, ever knew that was the full title of this movie. No. <laughs> also, <laughs> like, Queen of the Damned, as, and, you know, longtime fans will know we've already covered Queen of the Damned, um, was not Dumpster made like, fire. that long after this. Why? Oh, why would you recast Lestat? Tom Cruise I think is a Tom perfectly Cruise. unhinged Lestat. And I think it's because he's unhinged in real life. I have so much to say about the casting of this movie because, so, this is based off of Anne Rice's, like, The Vampire Chronicles, I guess, that she wrote in 73, and she based Lestat off of uh, Rutger Haggard, Haggard, whatever. Rutger Hauer, who is also terrifying. Yeah. Very, yeah, who they Rutger Hauer, who, if y'all remember, was in the Tenth Kingdom. Which we've talked oh about God, previously right, of course. on this podcast. But, and she was, like, really pushing it again. And she wanted Daniel Day-Lewis to be Lestat. And then finally, like, seeing Tom Cruise as Lestat, she was like, okay, no, you're right. He's If I'm being honest, the Venn diagram the in my mind of Daniel Day-Lewis and Tom this Cruise movie. Is, is close to a circle. Like, they don't seem like that different of men to me. Well, Daniel Z. Lewis is, like, infamous for turning down film roles and, like, only doing one every ten years because he's okay. an artist. An artist. To my left foot, too. Who cares? <laughs> right. But it was just, like, her... I just don't think he would have been any fun, you know? Like, Tom Cruise in this movie is, like... I'd say what you will about him. He's, you know, a cult I believe leader, this may like, be the only acceptable iteration of Tom Cruise. Yeah, this he killed it. He killed this role because he is might Literally. be the vampire Lestat. Yeah, <laughs> delight. He court. could be an actual vampire. It kind of tracks. It makes sense. Yeah. So um, shall we jump in, or do you want to preface it with any other tidbits? Oh, uh, no, before we'll we start, jump in with production later. Quick question: Do you own this movie on? digital video disc so we had to split up our huge family dvd collection and this one is with my sister annie has it somewhere lying she's hiding it from me like i don't know i knew i knew it existed somewhere but it's there yeah the mancia yeah like atmosphere fantastic thank you for clearing that up (laughs) of course so we also owned it on vhs because this came out before the DVDs oh, existed, of course. That's so true. Yeah, 1994. <laughs> Some of you listening out there may have not even been a twinkle in your parents' eyes, but Rebecca and I were here oh, and God, yeah. <laughs> champing at the bit for this movie. I mean, the outcry for this must have been a huge groundswell. What a fantastic piece of art. So, nice. I was just going to say we're old. And my sister told uh, my 12-year-old niece, who's like, on the precipice of teenagehood, who like is starting to understand what time is, she told her that I we were older than. The, she told her we were older than the internet, and her like jaw dropped and was like, "What do you mean? What do you mean?" 
Honestly, I knew that, scary. but hearing you say it is kind of horrible. So kind of scary. Thank, thanks for nothing. You're <laughs> welcome. So in San Francisco in the modern day, a.k.a. 1994, we pan up to a hotel room or like hostel where Louis de Pointe du Lac is being interviewed by a journalist, Daniel Malloy. Uh, Louis is played by Brad Pitt and Daniel Malloy is played by Christian Slater. I have never understood the appeal of Christian Slater. I don't get it. He's not I get cute. It. I okay, get it. well, we can debate later. Louis opens by telling Daniel that he's a vampire and that he knows Daniel was following him. Louis thought about eating him but changed his mind and decides to tell him his story so he shows him some cool vampire tricks like moving really fast. <laughs> Louis, uh, they start the tape, and Louis says he hasn't been human for 200 years. In 1791, Louis was 24 and a slave owner in uh, just south of New Orleans. He'd lost his wife and childbirth and struggled with the pain of their loss. He drank and gambled with the hope that he'd eventually die. Um, if you are... Uh, a black or African-American person, content warning for really, really poor treatment of enslaved people. This is a bad situation. It's not going to get better. So uh, I, He's our protagonist. That says enough. That's enough right there. Yeah. Very bad. Upsetting. Uh, and justice for Tandyway Newton immediately. Uh, she is too good for this movie, honestly. And she doesn't, like, get enough film roles until she hits fucking... What do you... What's... Is it Westworld. Crash? No, wasn't she big in Crash? I haven't seen it in years. But she's, like, doing really well right now. Like, right now. Uh, is Westworld. Westworld still going? I watched the first season, and it was pretty good. But then I was like, I feel that this could have been a two-hour movie, and I would have been fine. Yeah, it was too way too drawn out. I wasn't yeah. for me, but... I get it. the film bros. I get it, Yeah. yeah. So, um, Louis is spotted in a tavern by the vampire Lestat de Lioncourt, who bites him. There's a homoerotic scene of them flying above the Mississippi, and then oh Louis dropped, <laughs> dropped into the river, just drags himself out and goes home. He's like, okay. Um, back at his house, Lestat creepily arrives and offers to make Louis a vampire. Louis accepts, drinks Lestat's blood, and they're just, like, really chewing it up in the scene in the cemetery when he's turning. I <laughs> love the cemetery scene. I, like, <laughs> the eyes turning and the blood, like, like evaporating okay. from the face. Love it. So Lestat tells him to look with his vampire eyes. And what this <laughs> immediately reminded me of was, do you remember a 1-800-CONTACTS commercial where they were, like, it was a commercial for 1-800-CONTACTS, and they were, like, lighting it and pretending it was, like, a soap opera. So the guy is, like, <laughs> he's, like, they won't have my brand. I have special eyes. And then his wife is, like, look, look with your special eyes. And the, I'll, you should look it up. It's really funny. And then he goes, my brand. So it's, like, a telenovela, but, like, about a contacts commercial. So when he says, look with his vampire eyes, that's all I think about. So if anyone out there remembers that commercial, feel free to hit me up. Because Rebecca's that looking at me niche. blankly right now. <laughs> niche reference, for sure. But I, maybe because look with your vampire eyes would be, like, what that it would be. It would, like, supersede and not, yeah. look with your special eyes. So uh, Daniel asks about some classic vampire myths, such as crucifixes and stakes, which are not a thing. Unfortunately, sleeping in coffins are, which is like the stupidest myth to like make ironclad in this narrative. It's just so goofy. I guess because the sunlight is the thing, I guess. But you could sleep like are, if walls work, just get a bed. I don't like get some yeah. curtains. Blackout curtains, um, a blanket, perhaps. This is what I later in the movie don't understand. Why Claudia didn't just go under Madeline's skirt. This was like a family debate for years. It's like that dark exact under there. get under the dress. But then it's not like, like what part of your body has to hit the sunlight? Your face? Your heart? Like what? I don't understand. I like, don't know. They crisp all the way over, even through their clothes. So like. Well, I guess if I you're know. already on fire, your clothes are going to burn up, maybe. But I don't know. I think get under the dress and at least try, right? They just clung to each other. They had all day to make a plan. There were spokes in the wall. They could have broken out. I don't... Madeleine I don't fell asleep. 
How do you fall asleep in that situation? I don't know. She was a new vampire. She was tired. True. I feel bad for her. Well, we'll get into it later, but she's a vampire for 20 minutes, and they're like, you're dead. Um, Yeah. This movie is not kind to women. So, um, Lestat tells him to look with his special eyes, and then a modern day... Daniel's asking about vampire myths. Back in 1791, Lestat and Louis hit the town and eat a woman of color. Um, first kill, I think, in the movie, if I'm... The tavern? The, the tavern, tavern woman. Waitress? Yeah. Yeah. Back at the plantation, they creepily prey on enslaved woman Yvette, played by Tandy Way Newton, and Lestat drains a rat's blood into to a crystal glass, and it's really gross. Uh, Louis realizes they can live without killing people, but Lestat laughs him off and tells him to come into New Orleans for some real sport. It's creepy. Um, cut to the boys holding a party and tearing it up. Lestat loves to hunt aristocracy, but obviously, of course, also young girls. So they decide to no, pray. Young boys. A gilded youth. Young girls. Gilded youth, young girls. Oh, uh, well, it makes gilded. sense that it's, it's boys because they... Love and boys. he can't resist a gorgeous young fop. Yeah, boys. Oh, it's he says fop? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not great. Okay, well, in <laughs> any case. Anyway. They, on, <laughs> they prey on the old widow Sinclair who arranged for her young fop of a uh, boyfriend to kill her husband. Uh, so Lestat kills the lover and leaves Louis to off the widow, but then he gets cold feet and eats her poodles instead, which is like so weird. <laughs> My and babies, like the way <laughs> that like the makeup and like the big mole. Uh, yeah, and she's like, he's like kissing her neck and like twirling the dog leash towards him. Oh, it's so nasty, and the eyebrows Visceral. are very bizarre. <laughs> So, uh, Lestat gets pretty annoyed. The boys have a little spat, but Lestat can't stay mad at Louis. So he's like, fine, feed on whatever you want. You'll come around. (laughs) So then there is a very problematic scene of enslaved people performing a hoodoo or voodoo ritual because they know that Louis is, like, undead and eating their chickens. Um, and Lestat's like, I hate the noise of the people, like, chanting. And he's like, yeah, we're vampires and they're They know about us. (laughs) Yeah. So then Yvette comes in to say that they're all worried about their master, ew, and then she intimates that she misses him visiting her quarters, triple ew, ew, ew. She says the other enslaved folks are afraid of Lestat and to send him away, but Louis bites her and kills her. So that's two black women murdered by white supremacy in this movie so far. Louis takes Yvette's body to the other enslaved people and tells them to run and then sets the house on fire. And this is the problem, really, with this whole movie. Like, he is painted as this, like, sympathetic protagonist because he never loses his humanity and has, like, this, like, simpering bitch soul. But he also, like, murdered several black women and owned people. So he's... Not a he was a bad person. He's a shitty before person. Before he was a vampire. And then his, like, when he, like, you know, says they're all free, like, it's supposed to be, like, sort of washing oh. his hands of the situation. But no, that's not. You killed like, one of their, like, friends slash family members for no reason except that you were, like, weird and You horny. couldn't resist it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nasty. He's not a good guy. He's not, At like, least, we don't know that Lestat was a... An, a slave owner all we know is he's just a dick but i don't know he seems like an equal opportunity dick to me yeah he's and he doesn't like i don't know he's a monster but it's kind of fun he's not like a monster pretending that he's better than everyone Ugh. else yeah you know? louis is just so simpering and annoying <sighs> yeah. uh so lestat arrives he's annoyed that louis burned the house down obviously because insurance doesn't exist yet so he, then he takes louis to a cemetery He's like, this is the only place we can go, you dumb, dumb fuck. Uh, They head to New Orleans where they murder sex workers indiscriminately. Louis is not that into it. Lestat is unhinged. Uh, The plague hits New Orleans and Louis finds a young girl, Claudia, whose mother has died and then he bites her to eat her. Lestat arrives and this is one of the scenes I remember very well. Oh, the dancing corpse. Dancing with Claudia's mother's corpse. Ew. 
There's Louis. life in the old woman yet. I, that's great. It's a great line delivery. Actually, now that I'm thinking of it, it's definitely a psycho reference, kind of, right? I guess. Yeah, dead she mom in a chair. Well, I guess. she sits in the chair the same way, and like it's sort of the same outfit and hair, right? Maybe. I don't know. Was Neil Tell Jordan it. thinking on horror classics? I don't know. I think he was thinking, I want to kiss boys. I yeah. want to smooch boys. I want to love on some men. It's also, like, really predatory and creepy. Like, Anne Ro- Rice wrote this novel after she, like, tragically lost her daughter, her five-year-old daughter, to leukemia. And in the books, Claudia is five or six. Not, like, or so. 12 or 13, yeah. No. And it's very creepy that Louise Urge, like, he first, he takes the, like, turns a little, little girl into a vampire, not, like, it's just so creepy. The whole thing is very creepy. And yeah, groovy. and there's, like, oh, I'm on his, um, ew. I'm he did on the his crying Wikipedia game. page, and it says, unconventional, unconventional sexual relationships are a recurring theme in Jordan's work. Ew. I haven't ever seen the crying game. I only know its reputation. Um, and for I'm sure it's transphobic, you know, looking back I've on it now. I've never seen it either. Yeah, and, like, the relationship between Louis and Claudia is, like, predatory and definitely, mm-hmm. like, an unhealthy attachment verging on romantic, like, Jesus, take the wheel. She Well, later on, she, like, is kissing him and telling him that he's hers and, like, he's definitely yeah. bred a romantic tinge to their relationship. It's creepy and gross. Oh, Killian Murphy plays a transgender character in one of his films. Oi. Oh, no. I gotta get off of this man's Wikipedia page. Well, you remember the, the whole crying game thing, right? No, I have no memory of this. Oh, my God. It was like a huge... Maybe because I was watching inappropriately aged movies yeah, and television I, at the time, but it was all like... All I know about the crying game is the name the crying game. So, it's... The and I watched the trailer after I found out it was him. But this, um, these like the IRA is holding Forrest Whitaker, um, and he escapes and he tells, um, fucking now I can't think of his name, but he's also in this movie and plays. Oh, it's Stephen Ray and Stephen Ray. Yeah, so Stephen Ray. I read a book recently when I saw him, I was like, is that Stephen Ray in this movie? And I didn't realize Neil Jordan is Irish because Stephen Ray, while British, or maybe he is actually Irish, but he was married to one of the most famous, like, IRA freedom fighters, uh, Dolores Price, who was, like, huge in the 70s and 80s in the Troubles and went on. She's one of the people, like, Stephen Ray was a film actor, so when she bombed, she did a bunch of car bombings in London and went to see Stephen Ray on stage the night before and then did the car bombings the next day. Mm. And she famously went on hunger strike in prison, and it just, like, completely destroyed her mind and, like, relationship to food. And then a bunch of her comrades from the IRA kind of, like, conceded to the British ruling class, and it just, like, destroyed her. And I think she essentially drank herself to death. But it was kind of weird because, like, I'm reading this book about the Troubles and it just feels like such a disconnected world from, like, Hollywood and filmmaking. But there's just, Interviews like, Interviews of vampire. Yeah, just this random overlap, right? But, yeah, what were you saying about the crying game? So Stephen Ray befriends Forrest Whitaker, who's, like, his hostage and prisoner. And then he, like, Forrest Whitaker has his girlfriend back home. And then Stephen Ray goes to take care of her and, like, falls in love with her and then there's this whole sex scene turns out she's a trans woman and she has a penis and it's like this whole like <gasps> like transphobic like she's oh, a boy right. yeah whole thing and, and it was like it was a, a whole a, thing that's like the movie's reputation it's like what Forrest Whitaker is Jody's or is the lover of the trans person and it's like whatever he like doesn't mention it right it's not a thing yeah and then Stephen Ray falls in love with her and then like as they're having sex he finds out that she has a penis and not a vagina and he's like oh my god it's like a whole um mm-hmm. yeah so feels... that's this is the person we're working with here and he's the thing r- is writer like, director knowing, knowing that Neil Jordan is 
a long time uh like co-conspirator not co-conspirator but he has like collaborated with Stephen Ray on many many films and is Irish Mm -hmm. and that Stephen Ray is like um, was married to a prominent IRA member it feels like not only like equating like transphobia with being bad but with being like imperialistic and evil because obviously Irish people fucking hate the British government so like this British soldier has a trans partner it just feels like a way to say like the British are fucking perverse and shitty and that's that's really nasty we don't need that in freedom fighting okay she's also a woman of color so right I don't I didn't I don't like it I've never seen the crying game but I just know the reputation now I feel like I want to watch it, but I also don't want to watch it. I don't know. I, I do kind of want to watch I think it's on HBO. But anyway. Now I, Ray, I'm kind Neil of Jordan. in a... Now I'm kind of in a K-hole. So... Uh, okay, there's sorry, a plague. Sorry. We're in New Orleans. There's a plague. We're in New Orleans. I was on um, Jay Davidson's Wikipedia, who plays the partner in The Crying Game. Okay, bye-bye, Wikipedia. Back to business. And he's dancing with the mom's corpse, and then um, Louis decides Lestat is right. He's like, I just need to eat. This is not great. And then Lestat says he has a gift for Louis. He, oh, because, like, Louis runs away. Sorry, you guys, I got really He's sleeping in a sewer. Louis's taking a sewer nap. He's, like, always in a sewer in this movie. It's so stupid. Wet and sulky. Yeah, so Lestat finds him, and he's like, come on, I have a gift for you. Um, And Louis reveals that he's turning Claudia into a vampire, so Louis has someone to hang out with, which is psychotic. Um, Claudia awakens wanting blood, and Lestat calls the landlady in for her to eat. He tells Claudia to stop before the heart stops or death can take her with it. Then he tells her that she is his and Louis' daughter now, and Louis will stay to make her happy. So it's, yeah, um, Lestat basically emotionally manipulates his romantic partner with a child to make him stay and not leave him. So... I mean... Lestat asks Louis, like, several times before he turns him into a vampire if he wants to die or not. I know, like, ten And Louis times. consents to yeah. the turning. And then is like, oh, wait. Never mind, I've changed to my mind, honest, even though it's too late. I don't really see what Lestat saw in Louis in the first place. It's so boring. I mean, he is very pretty. I think that's the very take, hot. You know? Sure, sure. Great head of hair. Lestat's um, eating with his eyes. You know, that's great bone structure, but probably just like a portly, you know, tavern bard could have made more fun. So I don't know. Don't go with the like shitty, depressed, like slave owner. Lame. Lestat could have And he was better. rich. That's the other thing is that he had money and a place to stay. So, you know, oh, he's an opportunist. God. Louis really got played, that fucking idiot. He deserved it. And then what they do to Lestat. Like, is it deserved? You guys do kill people, too. Do you need to too. do this? Just leave, right? Just like, leave. I don't, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. So, okay. Uh, Claudia's eating the landlady, etc. So Louis staying. There's a montage of Claudia eating people and being precocious. Very funny. <laughs> Uh, the years pass by. Claudia, it's now 30 years later, and Claudia is despairing that she'll never grow up and become a woman. Uh, so she kills a Creole woman and hides the corpse in her bed be, because she wanted to be her. That was another thing I remember very vividly from seeing this in childhood. The dolls yeah. getting, like, torn off. Yeah, 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 she, yeah. This is what happens when you get raised by psychopaths, you know? Or a psychopath Slash. and a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. Um... I know, and the psychopath is preferable in this situation, honestly. Honestly, Louise. So Lestat's like, what the fuck? You're defiling your bed, you lunatic. Uh, and <laughs> then she becomes furious and asks why he did this to her. Then Louis takes her out of there, takes her to the rooms she rented with her mom and admits to feeding on her. So Claudia realizes that both of them did this to her, and she says she hates them both. Louis broods. Uh, back at home, Claudia admits that she can't hate Louis and they need to leave Lestat together. Claudia goes to Lestat and says she's brought a present for him, two twin boys about her age, and that she gave them brandy wine so they would be knocked out. 
Lestat bites one, and then she reveals that she gave them laudanum to kill them, but it keeps the blood warm, and so she gave Lestat dead blood. (gasps) She then slits his throat, and they take his body to the swamp. Louis and Claudia book passage to Europe, but then a swampy Lestat arrives on the night they're leaving, so they set him on fire and run to the harbor. I don't know how fast he was moving in his swampy condition, but... I guess they felt that necessary. Also, they burned the entire quarter down, and many, many people probably died that night. Oh, yeah. Like, this ship sailing away as the whole town burns is like, you guys are the villains of this story. (laughs) Like, this is not... You're the problem, yes. (laughs) And the way she kills Lestat, like, when she slits his throat and he starts bleeding out, it was like like a mannequin or like a... I don't know, animatronic. It's so scary. Like his like It's really fast. Flesh yeah. coming back from his face, like from his teeth, so scary. The the practical effects are pretty good in this movie. They are really say. good, yeah. And the CGI of the like eyeballs and the blood for 1994, not bad. Not bad. Uh so they reach the uh, Mediterranean and they start traveling to search for others like themselves, but they find nothing. It's around this time when they start styling Claudia in very unhinged, like, dresses with a bustle at the back, which I do not like. Um, More mature. Yeah. In Paris, in 1870, they're enjoying life when Louis is discovered by another vampire called Santiago, played by the aforementioned Stephen Ray. His vampire boss, Armand, gives him a card for the Theatre de Vampire and tells him to bring Claudia to the show. Armand and his coven at the show eat a lady on stage, and then they take Louis and Claudia to their weird lair downstairs. <laughs> um, Louis asks Armand what they are and what the source is. Armand says he's 400, and to his knowledge, he's the oldest living vampire, and there are not more answers for him. And he's like, Louis, can you possibly chill out and not be so fucking uptight about everything? And Louis's no. like, uptight is my middle name. Uh, so as they leave, Santiago tells them the only crime among vampires is to kill your own kind, and they can tell they suspect he suspects they killed Lestat. After they leave, Claudia says she heard Armand's soul tell him tell her to let Louis go so he could have him instead. Weird. And so Louis returns to Armand, who tells him it's forbidden to make a vampire as young as Claudia, and says they killed Lestat, but nobody really misses him. Uh, he warns Louis to send Claudia away and then to stay with him and learn about vampire stuff. Armand is very obsessed with Louis because he's a sad boy. And then he's like, I knew Lestat. He's kind of a dick. So Claudia brings Madeline, who works at a doll maker home and demands that Louis turn her into a vampire so that Claudia can also have a companion because uh, Louis is going to leave him her for Armand. Like, obviously, they're obsessed with each other. They're in love, yeah. Uh, so Louis relents and reluctantly turns Madeline. Literally 15 seconds after Madeline's uh, gone through being turned, <laughs> some French vampires arrive to serve justice for Lestat's murder. They decide to outright kill Claudia and Madeline, but stick Louis in a box forever and brick him into a wall. Um, Armand feels guilty, but does nothing. Not yet. Adam's here. Hey, Hi, Adam. Adam. Every time. <laughs> uh, Claudia and Madeline are put into like a tower vault thingy with an open ceiling and they get burned to ash. Armand then liberates Louis from his box and Louis goes to find Claudia's ashes and like his brain breaks at this moment. He sets fire to the fiata and kills all the vampires inside, including his arch nemesis, Santiago. When he leaves, the sun slightly, like, sides him. Yeah. Um, Just so you know, I just farted on Mike, so if you (gasps) caught it, enjoy that little Easter egg. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Arbonne helps Louis escape the scene because the sun is rising when he leaves, and then he asks Louis to stay with him, but Louis almost kisses him and then leaves. Like, they're, like, about to kiss. Like, Like, just do it. Their faces are so close. I know. I'm farting again. Oh, my God. I'm so gassy. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Neighbor dinner. (laughs) Neighbor dinner. Gas attack. Uh, So... 
Louis wanders for years and he's all sad and then eventually he leaves the old world and comes back to America where he watches movies. (laughs) That's what I would do, you know? (laughs) Yeah, same here. In 1988, he goes back to New Orleans and um, he passes by an abandoned house where he smells death. No way a house like this would be just like left alone. There's so much good shit in there. People would be living in there or trying to live in there, and then Lestat would have someone to feed on. That's what would Yeah, happen. exactly. So Lestat, he finds Lestat almost dead, who says he regrets turning Claudia and asks Louis to stay with him. But Louis's like, gotta go! Back in San Francisco, Louis concludes that he doesn't know what happened to Lestat and has never stopped grieving for Claudia. Uh, Daniel Malloy is kind of dissatisfied. He's like, no, I want to be a vampire. And then he uh, is choked out a little bit by Louis. And then he's like, okay, never mind. (laughs) So Daniel Malloy runs to his car, speeds off across the Golden Gate Bridge. But as he drives, Lestat appears and bites him and then takes over the car, telling him he'll give him the same choice he gave Louis. And it ends with him just, like, maniacally laughing while the Rolling Stones play. And honestly, it's the best scene in the movie when he's like, Louis still whining after all these years. (laughs) It's hilarious. (laughs) And, yeah, like, the delivery of, like, I'll give you the choice that I never had. Like, it's just so good. It's great. And, uh, yeah. The end. The end. What a triumph of filmmaking, but not a triumph of treating women or people of color with any basic respect. It's a fun movie. Um, I'll watch it again till the day I turn into a vampire, but um, yeah, no. Are any of you out there vampires? Let us know. Maybe. I meant vampire meaning when I'm dead. But, uh, oh. <laughs> I, I wish only the best for you and your death. Thank you. And my death. Um... There's this, like, I saw that, because, you know, the whole, like, tree pod thing isn't a viable, like, way to be buried anymore, but you can be turned into soil, so I think that's my new, that's my new death rate. Okay, cool. I don't care what happens to me. Um, I just hope to die quickly. I don't know. The bodies are, like, a you know, they're a problem for serial killers and the environment. You know, what do you do with a dead body? It's causing, I mean, it causes problems. I mean, they're not really a problem for the environment. Like, they must have, like, just toss people into the woods from once they came. What's the big deal? Like. <laughs> but then you're just in the woods stumbling across dead bodies. Well, there can be designated woodsy areas where there are bodies and you just don't go over there. That seems like a good way to get someone to dump a body there that, like, hasn't been rightfully... Oh, it's like an unsanctioned yeah. body dump? Okay, yeah, well, no. well, we'll workshop this, this in the is, meantime. This is, it's, yeah, this is not like, like... And then you're just finding, like, you know, the less alive in there and no one cares. So In the know. meantime, let's talk about interpoo with a vamp fart. I have to shit. <laughs> nice. We can take a break. No, no, I'm good. A I'll, quick I'm break. Gonna, it's going to be a reward when we finish our business, which you is to probably take a quick poop. probably a great way to think about <laughs> bodily function. Okay, so uh, why don't you start it off since this is your um, body, soul, heart, and uh, mind? This movie. I don't know, like, the way that they treat, yeah, like, children in this movie feel, and in the book, is, like, I'm, like, creepy. It creeps me out. Anne, you need, you have some questions to answer. Is, like, Louis picks a little girl to be his, like, first post-rat feed, right? And then Lestat... Um, is obsessed with little boys, and when Claudia wants to give him a gift and trick him, she picks two little boys to that give him That are, like, identical and have, like, the curly hair, and they're, like, definitely, like, dressed up and specifically styled to be, like, objects of child desire. It's pretty gross. Uh, like, is, are the vampires Hollywood executives? Is that, like... They are Hollywood producers, and then the little boys are, are like, young actors. Yeah, it just this seems, like... creepy. And they paint this, like, relationship between Claudia and Louis as if it's consensual, because, like, she is, you know, 
spiritually, mentally so much older. But I'm like, no, you took all of her consent away. Like, you came to her in an extremely vulnerable moment when she actually seemed kind of delusional because Mm -hmm. her mother had clearly been dead for weeks. And she's like, please wake mama up. And then you completely take away her agency and turn her into your, like, child bride. And then when she, like you know, becomes, like, more emotionally mature, you just get super creepy with her. Like, it's super nasty. So she's groomed, you know, by these two, like, you know, hundreds of years old men who turn her and turn her into a perpetual child and then raise her without any understanding. Yeah, and then, like, treat her like she's, like, a, she's a baby, a baby adult, like a sexy, a sexy baby. baby adult. Yeah. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. then and then when there is like no more pressure from Lestat on Louis to like be his romantic partner anymore, then he fucking and them to be like a familial unit. He fucking drops her is like, oh, I got a new, I got a new sexy partner in Armand who's going to teach me stuff about the world. You know, right. I gotta go. like and yeah, I feel like. Also, just the subtext around sexuality is so weird because it's, like, Louis has a wife but is obviously, like, fiercely attracted to Lestat and Armand, but it's also, like, emotionally dependent on this little, like, child girl and then he lost mm-hmm. his child and, like, it's just so weird. It's, like, ugh. It's just, in like, the... icky. So, did in you re- the book... Did you actually read the book? No, I ordered it just now. I have it too. We should start reading it. Okay, and then we it's coming. Do, would everybody like a bonus episode about the differences between the movie and the book? I'm sure you would. Why do we even have to ask? Do it anyway, even if you don't want it. Um, but in the book, um, Louis doesn't lose his wife and daughter. He loses a brother. Like he owns this this plantation. Um, and is a slave owner with his parents and his brother, and then his brother tragically dies, and that's like what leads him to that's this like, his sad inciting boy. incident. Yeah. So um, it is like but, even more homoerotic in the book. The and then, so Anne Rice thought she wrote the screenplay too, and she thought that like it would be more palatable to audiences if there were less homoerotic undertones. So she put that in, like made it explicit he had a wife, and. Um, she was also contemplating turning Louis into a woman and she had in mind Cher or Angelica Houston. And then wow, I have Neil Jordan. Say, they would like, have been no. fantastic. I would have absolutely died <laughs> if this were Cher. It would have been pretty cool if it was Cher. But then Neil Jordan was like, no, it needs to be boys who almost kiss and not a boy and a girl. So yeah, and I think um, Neil Jordan needs to, like, explore the part of himself that feels His like own a, sexuality? Yeah, like, he needs to, like, subjugate, like, women and gay men and transgender people. He is married to, has been married to two women and has five children. Um, mm. We'll see. We'll see, buddy. Um, and then, like, the Armand <gasps> kissing that little boy. What? In 2000, this is Neil Jordan. In 2009, Neil Jordan signed a petition in support of director Roman Polanski calling for his release after he was arrested in Switzerland in relation to his 1977 charge for drugging and raping a 13-year-old girl. The pieces are all falling into place, Neil Jordan, you motherfucker. Wow. Supporting a a sexual assaulter and a predator? That raped wow. a thirteen-year-old girl while that also tracks. making a movie that sexualizes a child of the same age and oeuvre. Uh oh, buddy. I think it's Cancelvania for you to borrow a phrase <sighs> from another podcast for Twenty Day Fiance. <laughs> um, that's fucking men disgusting. Nasty bitch. Yeah. Well, after today. An accepting interview with the vampire. We're totally boycotting Neil Jordan films. Yeah, um, made, I'm not going to buy it. I already bought it, so you know. Yeah, although he also made Byzantium, which I really liked. It's about lady vampires. It's a mother daughter vampire duo. Huh. Sounds kind of good. This is also oh my produced God. by like what? He's also the director for the Borgias, which I've been watching because there's so much homoerotic like undertones and fucking in it. Neil Jordan. Are there babies in that, too? Tiny Actually, babies. one of the women is, like, too young for it to be cute or cool. Oh. 
This man Gross. has a chokehold on me. I got problems. Uh, but the child actor, Kirsten Dunst, did such a good job. Did, I she mean, was fucking she's great. incredible. Yeah. She fucking killed it. Her line deliveries were ten times better than Brad Pitt's. Like, she did great. Like, they're drunk on brandy wine. It's so fun. It's like... And she's like, when she's doing high-intensity emotional scenes, like, it's really believable. Sorry, I keep cracking my knuckles there. Sorry, I am also plugging in my laptop, so you need to talk while I do that. Um, yeah, she's, like, goes through a lot of, like, she's sad and she's pleading and, like, uh, screaming at the top of her lungs, like, doing a lot of emotional labor, um, to her counterpoint, Brad Pitt, who, like, didn't want to be in this movie at all and hated the production altogether. Oh, Um, did he? Well, I guess that works for his character. Yeah, it kind of, it, like, made it better, probably, but he asked, so the producer, the, like, media mogul magnate oh, you mean the- David Geffen. Oh, that fucker. The poo-deucer. <laughs> um, he, his net Can worth I- is $10.8 billion and he's a yacht enthusiast. Like, need I say more? I know, it's like, he's a terrible person. I know we've said this before and we don't <laughs> condone assassination on this podcast, <laughs> but... If you're on, if you're near the yacht, you know. If you're on, on David Geffen's yacht, you know, and you find yourself alone with some of the cutlery or on international waters, what you gonna some, do? Give him some, give him some laudanum and push him overboard. <laughs> give him some laudanum. But he, so Brad Pitt asked him how much it would be if he walked away from the production. He said forty-four million, and Brad Pitt was like, "Fine, I'll tough it out." Um, that's hilarious. So yeah, because they so. Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt had to like hang upside down for like 30 minutes a day to get their like vampiric pallor and have they they heard of just makeup though and then they had makeup on top of that and it was like the whole makeup process was like Uh hours long and then they shot some of the scenes in New Orleans like Uh obviously and then the rest of it was shot in London on like a older stage setting and it was dark all the time and Brad Pitt was like I need this sunlight I'm so annoyed he's like I'm a little golden boy I need my vitamin D but I pro- that yeah. does sound like awful and the hanging upside down seems like kind of illegal honestly I don't think you could do yeah, that to people maybe. and then Tom Cruise was like really fighting to be in this role he like really wanted to be Lestat and Rice was like talking shit about him in the media and then um, was, like, kind of happy to have the role. But I guess Brad Pitt has, like, a... He's infamous for how fucking... How much he smells and how bad his personal hygiene is. Brad and Tom Pitt? Cruise, Brad Pitt, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, I guess, on the set of Inglorious Bastards, he was, like, trying to get the other dudes to, like, not shower with him and just use fucking, like, wet wipes and shit. <laughs> Gross. Um, so Tom Cruise, like, had, they had, like, a fight. He was like, you need to fucking take a shower. They, yeah, like, he, they were like, there I was infighting. I can smell your balls from here. <laughs> yeah. So, the, like, Brad Pitt just had a terrible time on this, on this production. And I then they both, that, like, I bet the Inglorious Bastards dudes, like, totally went along with it. Yeah, I guess Eli Roth was like, yeah, give me a wet Yeah, wipe. I was about to say, like, Eli Roth is like, actually, I don't need the wet wipe. Yeah, just give me, just spit in my face, you know. It's so so weird that patriarchy exists because these people, these nasty dudes are so gross and shitty and incompetent. How did they get, how did we get here? How did we get here? How are we letting Neil Jordan still make stuff? How are you letting Roman Polanski just live somewhere? Just I still even remain just added existing. Byzantium by Neil Jordan to our list because honestly, I really liked it, and I think you would probably like it too. <sighs> yeah, probably would. But it's well, just like men are a bummer, and Anne Rice, you know, I don't know. She just wrote a sexy vampire novel. I don't think she was trying to. She oh, really? lost her daughter, and she's like trying to make up for that. Oh, I, I thought don't you meant. She- she just like she just released another one. I was like, ooh, oh, boy, going to my good. Let me get there. But no, she's uh, dead, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this came out in '73. I think she was in her 30s. That sucks that her daughter died. I feel bad that that happened. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't think she knew 
how much people are going to think this is, like, homoerotic and sexy. I think she, like, wrote it with those undertones, but I, it really took died. off. Yeah, she just died in December. Goodbye, Aww. Anne. Um, oh, yeah, D- David Geffen this year, also, I think, in March, was he's under investigation for um, insider trading. So, again, terrible person. Rich people are terrible. Rich white guys, terrible people. Pretty bad. I think they should die. Oh, what? Oh my gosh. She died in Rancho Mirage, California. Oh, but she's being interred at the family mausoleum in Metairi Cemetery in New Orleans. She went on home. Good for her. Um, Speaking of New Orleans, yeah, the treatment of enslaved people um, and like a community on this like plantation like run by a sociopath like and then and then it's painted like he used to be a good quote master and that he used to visit them and was well I think when he's when um Yvette says like visit I think she means like in the biblical sense right like as if she's you know you never visit the slave quarters like as if she's uh, you know, like welcoming his sexual advances as someone like in this situation where there's like this grievous imbalance of power, as if she could even like as give if she's, consent at she she can't give consent in this situation. Like he owns her, like she's not being treated as a person with agency. So even if like she's, it's just like so irresponsible and misled to be like you never visit us. Like what the fuck? No, ew. Also, like, you know, religions and with Western African origins and, like, the way that hoodoo and voodoo evolved in New Orleans aren't, like, why do we always have to other them? Like, it's something just, like, so out of the ordinary. Like, you're talking to a man in the sky. That's fucking weirder, like, than just, like, using herbs and, like, natural elements around you. Okay? Right. Yeah, you are, like, clasping your hands together and, like, looking up to the clouds. You know, like, take a look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, stealing, you know. But anyway, so from paganism. but Yeah, uh, I feel like I wonder what Tandy Way Newton would say about her role this now. in this movie now. Yeah, it's just... And I mean, she was really young, and it was like a real film role. Looked so it was really probably young. like super exciting. And yeah, like, most of the... Also, I had my eye out for Helen McCrory as whore, too, but I never found her. Um, I think she's the one on the couch who's already dead. In you the can't scene. see her face because she's yeah. already dead. Yeah. I was I like, who, where is she? Yeah, I was like, because, like, when I, when we discovered that on cast last time, I was, like, thinking she was the other one who gets her, like, nipple eaten. And then well, I was that like, no, one, that's not that her. That one, she looks like she's mixed race, so... Or like, I mean, she she's ha- a she's a woman of color. Yeah, I think I she's looked her, her up. She's for sure a woman of color, and every woman that you see, like them directly kill. I feel like, except for the widow, like they're they kill three women of color, and there's like five women of color in this movie, and the three that they kill are the only ones with lines. Okay. Like, yeah. I'm- so the tavern girl is played by Belina Logan, um, and then. The, yeah, New Orleans whore is her name in the credits. Indra Ove. Disgusting. Uh, Anne Rice Uh, is racist, right? She's been called out for that before. Oh, she has been? I don't, I I mean, this, I mean, the way that she treats enslaved people in her novels, I'm sure. Yeah, like, and it's also upsetting that, like, they're only one of this, like, whole part of the, their story of Lestat and Louis, like they're not taking into consideration the people who are like living on this property and in this house. Only one gets anything to say, has anything to say. And the others are only seen like holding chickens and dancing around the fire. And like, it's just, yeah, it's very othering. And like, Um, I have some news. Indra Ove, who plays the new Orleans whore who gets her nipple bitten. Also one of the flight attendants in the fifth element. Huh. Oh yeah, look at that. Resident look at Evil. That. I was going to say her face looked extremely familiar because she has very specific freckles and bone structure. 
Look at that. Oh, she's on sex education. That wow. makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Love good for you. her. Love you, Indra. Um, yeah. Sorry to for for the derailing. Um, sorry to as well. Sorry um, to my family. <laughs> yeah, it's really offensive. It's problematic. It's just icky, even for 1994. I mean, I know that this movie hinges on the through lines of, like, these specific men whose, like, lives and romantic interests are are intersecting with each other, and the women that they come across are just collateral damage in their weird narrative, and it's really weird that it's, not weird, it's, like, of course, Purposeful. they're all purposefully women of color that are being mm-hmm. discarded in favor of the narrative of these like rich white men moving forward. But and that know, instead of just kissing a, each other, make a murdered whore a white woman, Neil Jordan, Jesus, right? Um, make murdered I mean, whores great again. Even the like um, socialite, the older socialite that they kill, they don't even feed on her. He just like breaks her neck. Yeah. Yeah. And And yeah, the like killings of all the women are super obviously hypersexualized because Mm -hmm. black women are hypersexualized constantly and seen as like being able to bear more pain, like seen as objectified. Like it's just gross and super racist. And yeah, like you said, it's purposeful and it's intentional and uh, it feels intentional and sinister. Mm hmm. And that, yeah, and that, like, the enslaved character who does get lines is only, like, making apologies for this shitty, evil person who owns her. Like, that's, yeah, it's, like, that's her whole point in the novel is to be like, no, wait, he is a good guy. You know. Yeah. Uh, Not great, guys. Not good. I don't, it's terrible. And then, like. Louis did look good in that 1980s suit, but he's a simpering little fucking dick who makes himself the victim when he's actually before he was a vampire and a murderer he was just as shitty of a guy but he's like I was human then and like I had a family like no you owned people and made them do manual labor so that you could get rich and that's exploitative Mm -hmm. and shitty and just because like you're actually kind of you know you have a lower impact as a vampire at this point sir I mean, yeah, just keep eating rats and, like, just die, just like, go waste die away in a in sewer, sewer please. <laughs> God. Uh, and then, yeah, so the women in this movie are either mommies, like Madeline, who gets, I don't know, who comes in 20 minutes until, like, before the movie ends, and it's like, oh, wait, I'm a mom, you know? I gotta, we gotta get the mom quota in. Mm-hmm. Um, sluts, or We definitely babies, hit this. Or baby Definitely sluts. hit the slut quota. I mean... Slut quota through the roof. Number one with I a bullet. Mean, yeah, I and Lestat's like our first slut, you know? It's a little slutty. I can't he's help, in love with Le- I can't help but like Lestat. He's just, you know, so he's yeah. fun. He's it's just fun. like he's a fun person to watch. He's self you know, he's a self aware garbage man. Yeah. And I he's yeah, like, he yeah. says he definitely I'm, has a God complex. And he I says, do like that about like I murder indiscriminately, just like God. Fair. Yeah. You cannot dispute that That's people die indiscriminately. Yeah. Um, but he owns it and he's not pretending like he's anything. And he he's killing aristocracy. So if he could just get over the young boy hurdle, I'm all in for Lestat. He loves a rich person. Um, he thinks that evildoers taste better. Oh my god. Um, Rebecca, he's literally eating the rich. <gasps> wow, he's Lestat. the vampire um, for the people, you know? The people's vampire, Lestat de Lion Court, for sure. Louis is not a relatable vampire. I mean, we no. haven't even really talked about Armand, which, like, what are what is your deal, bro? Get in, like... You're just using, like, Santiago as a replacement till you find the vampire that you Someone really better. want to bang? Yeah, like... Santiago's no prize, but come on. You have him on the hook. Let him go. He, um... He also disses his whole coven. He's like, they're all so shallow and they suck so much. You're the real deal, Louis. Like, gassing Louis up like he deserves to be gassed up. All these people are making you a living, bro. They're doing your stupid vampire shows night after night. Like, the Paris vampires... That have no plot. 
and make no sense. They have but... no plot. And I mean, people are going to realize you're actually murdering people on stage at some point. Okay. Maybe. I mean, the theater was full. Uh, and who knows how long they've been doing that. I don't, you know. Yeah, you're you're able to live in your weird underground lair because of these Paris vampires that are funding your lifestyle, and all you do is shit on them and say you want Louis. You you two deserve each other. And Armand because... has no backbone because he didn't save little Claudia and poor Madeline, who barely got to look with her vampire eyes. She didn't get to see with her vampire eyes. Uh, and yeah, he he only saves Louis because that's something that would benefit him because he want they want to fuck, you know. And then. Oh. The amount Louis of fucking that didn't happen like, in this movie. Oh my god. Everybody had blue balls. Terrible. I they're remaking this. They're remaking There into better a be banging. Show. There better be yeah, the actual kissing. Gratuitous uh, sex and kissing, yeah. Yeah. And it's it also is feels homophobic that like it's a tease. It's like a yeah. Like they're gay, but we're not gonna show it to you because yeah, right. we're gonna give them women because they're not really gay guys. We were kidding, you know. It just seems like what there's like a turn like fishing. It's like they're like throwing that out there, but they're not giving it to you. Yeah, like no, it. totally. It's weird. Ah, terrible. I don't know. That's all I had to say about it. Shall we end on some trivia? Let me scoot on over to the IMDb trivia page. As you know, I never come prepared, and I never will. I think I, I read the trivia. Um, Hashtag but I've New all Orleans of it. whore. Okay. Uh, uh, um, we already know that Brad Pitt is smelly. And we already know they're hanging upside down. Uh-huh. And wow, 30 minutes at a time during makeup to force all the blood in their bodies to their heads. That's terrible. Oh, get this. First choice for Christian or Slater's role, Daniel Malloy, River oh, Phoenix. Yeah. RIP. Mm-hmm. Oh, and sad. then Slater donated his salary to two of um, River Phoenix's favorite charities. Mm hmm. Christian Slater, I get it. I get the chronic smoking. I get the raspy voice. Like, I'm I'm on board with Christian Slater as, like, a hot guy. Wow. This is the first ever film production to be given permission to close down two lanes of traffic on the Golden Gate Bridge. Actually filmed on the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, it was worth it, you know. Oh, Kirsten Dunst wasn't allowed to watch the film when it was released because it was considered too scary for her. Her parents didn't want her to get scared. That's so funny. Meanwhile, your parents were like, here's the TV. Good luck. Mine too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just rushing, like, prancing over, ready to watch it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ew, 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 ew. Kirsten Dunst's first on-screen kiss. Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt. Ew to the max. Ew, ew, That's ew. what I'm saying. They, I thought we did, we, when we were talking about kids, there were so many kids to talk about, we couldn't narrow it down. But yeah, like at, towards the end, like right, like around when he finds Armand, she's like kissing him and calling him hers and saying she doesn't want him to leave her. Like, and because Lestat has left, it's no longer father, father, daughter. It's couple. Just a couple. Just a couple. A little girl. Couple, a cutie. And an old man. So gross oh nasty wow there's a lot of juicy trivia um for example Stephen ray who we were talking about studied french comedy and pantomime to prepare for his role as santiago honestly i don't think he needed to do that Stephen ray <laughs> there wasn't like a whole the first scene it was it's like two minutes yeah, you, long. you did like one two minutes of too mining. long Honestly, I didn't really want the miming. Yeah, I was like, I'm I think it was for kind of funny. Over. <laughs> him, like, knocking his hat off and stuff. It was a little funny, but oh boy. Uh, well, what else? Well, well, I don't know. Christian Slater was only 24 at the time. What a sweetheart! Wow. We're getting wow. Old. A first cinema feature of Helen McCrory, a dead whore. Great. Well, uh, next week we're covering Little Monsters, which hopefully has better representation of BIPOC. Oh, yeah. And uh, we have a bonus episode coming to you soon. We're returning to the list of 100 worst horror movies of all time and selected number 67, Nine Lives, a Paris Hilton joint. So that makes the second Paris Hilton joint that we've covered. 
And if there are any more, I'm very open to covering them. Paris Hilton is the Marilyn Monroe of our time. Very gifted um, actress, actor. Uh, what else? If you want to find us, we're on Instagram at Spooky Succubus underscore cast. I think we should get on Twitter, honestly. I'm not uh, funny enough for Twitter. I so. feel like a t- tired when I think about it. And uh, remember that you can't shit upwards. Um, <laughs> you can't shit upwards. Oh, my God. Stay ugly and get fucked. We love you. Talk to you next Bye. week. Oh, Thanks. the week after. Whatever. I don't know. Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> Sometime. Bye. Bye.